Hey friends, what's up? My name is Tith and welcome to the podcast, the T-Mac podcast. We have decided to put a pin in the name because we weren't going to let the name hold us back from getting started, but welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Um, Like I said, my name is Tiff. I am the host of this podcast. Um, I am 27 years old, happily married, and I love all things true crime and conspiracy theories. So I thought it would be pretty cool to take up a corner of the internet and add my opinion and my input on the true crime and conspiracy theory uh, platform. So again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. This week's episode is going to be about Disney conspiracy theories, and I thought it would be cool to do kind of a light and fluffy topic for our first episode, just to kind of ease us into this whole podcasting thing. Um, So what better way than to combine two things that I love, conspiracy, conspiracy theories and Disney. I love Disney, okay? I just have to gush for a moment. I love Disneyland, I love Disney World, I love the movies, I just think there's something so enchanting about it. I was a Disney kid, so I would pop in VHS, I fell asleep with the TV at night, so I would go to sleep with the Disney movie on, like, Disney just has such a warm and fuzzy, like, place in my heart, and I'm aware that there's a lot of corrupt aspects about the Disney media company. And, you know, there's some dark conspiracies about the, uh, the way that they can kind of hypnotize you and they, uh, focus things on your senses and, you know, mind control, whatever. But at the end of the day, I'm kind of a sucker for it. I love Disney. I think it's so much fun. I love the Disney bubble. I just love being, you know, engulfed in a whole other world than the real world when you go to the Disneyland and Disney World parks. I just think it's so fun. So, um, yeah, so I wanted to dive into um, a few different types of conspiracies. So I figured we could dive into um, a couple Uh, conspiracy theories and then we could also dive into maybe some darker facts about Disney some lesser known facts and then I figured we could talk about some odd or weird deaths that have happened at the Disney parks so let's jump right in let's start out with Alice in Wonderland I think this is one of my personal favorite conspiracy theories Um, the idea of was Alice on a drug trip was the author of Alice in Wonderland on a drug trip. You know, what was going on with that? Um, Quick little side note in regards to Alice in Wonderland. Um, Growing, my personal favorite movie was this movie. And so in the movie, there's a scene where the Rose Garden looks at Alice and they're like, oh, look at her stems. They're like judging her because she has two legs instead of just a stem like they have because they're roses. Well, I interpreted that scene as they were talking about her tights that she was wearing. So I grew up calling tights stems and that's just what I would call it. So if I were getting dressed up for Christmas, I would say, oh, where are my stems? And 
I want to make it known, no one ever corrected me. Like, no one ever corrected me. I always called them stems. And so I would tell people, like, oh, yeah, I'm wearing stems with my dress. And everyone just went along with it. Like, I thought nothing of this until I was 17 years old. I This is a 100% true story. 17 years old. I'm talking to someone that I'm going to high school with. The details are fuzzy. But... I'm talking with someone and I'm telling them, oh yeah, I'm planning on wearing my tights, or not my tights, I'm planning on wearing my stems underneath this dress or whatever. And they're like, stems? And so we go back and forth and we finally come to the conclusion that I am crazy for calling tights stems. So I call my mom and I'm like, mom, why do I call tights stems? And she's like, you really call them that still? And I'm like, yeah. So then she explains to me that I got it from Alice in Wonderland and that's how um, I came to call them stems. And like what gets me is she was like, oh, you you still call them that? Like you are the one who tells me what's true and not true. Like you are the one who guides me. Who else am I supposed to learn this from? So aside from childhood trauma, I literally called tights stems until I was 17 and even now stems is what goes to come out of my mouth when I talk about tights nylon tights so funny story I thought it was cute and funny and I'm very naive in some aspects many aspects but we don't got to get into all of that anyways Alice in Wonderland so there's a theory that Alice is on a trip the whole time in the movie They say that the smoke that she inhales when she's talking with the caterpillar is what gets her a little bit high and the mushrooms that she eats to grow or shrink are like a part of, you know, like psychedelics where she's able to, her perception is she grows, her perception is she shrinks, stuff like that. So fans believe that she was tripping on something during the whole movie between the bright colors, the odd events. This all unfolds to cater to that theory. So that's that's one thing. Now, my argument to this theory is that the caterpillar who's smoking the hookah and tells her about the mushrooms, right? He's a part of the illusion, but he doesn't start it. You know what I mean? Like the trip doesn't start after she does that. The trip has already started. So I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that theory, right? That's That one's odd. Um, so then I went to a different article exploring this topic a little bit more, and there's a theory that goes a little bit darker. Um, BBC News did an article that dives into the meaning of the story in relations to the author Lewis Carroll. And fun fact, that is not his real name, that is his pen name. And if I was, um, a better podcast host I would have put the real name in here but I didn't so we're gonna call him Lewis Carroll that's what we know him by so Mr. Carroll um, it's believed that the story was in relations to his real life so it's thought that maybe he himself struggled with drugs and that he was maybe on psychedelics when he wrote the story so you know maybe he drank some shrooms he ate some shrooms and you know he had a moment where he uh you know, wrote the story and it was pretty outlandish. It was pretty crazy, bright, colorful, crazy events. Um, In his notes that they found about 
you know, him drafting up the story, uh, his character plot, all of that good stuff. Um, they found that he was wanting to incorporate dark themes into the story, like puberty, childhood abandonment, and big themes of morality. So it's believed that Carol's everyday life was very controlled and disciplined. That's who he was in nature. Um, so the story of Alice in Wonderland was his way of exploring a world so different than the life he lived. So that's another theory. You know, if he wasn't on drugs, then maybe he wanted to go the opposite spectrum of where he lived his life and he wanted to explore those themes without living it out so one last thing about the whole alice in wonderland that i thought was a pretty cool topic was that there's actually a syndrome that is named after alice in wonderland and kind of the events that happen so if you're not familiar alice in wonderland is very bright colorful eccentric uh, just very cool artwork um, or very cool visually uh, cool I don't have another word sorry um, so the condition Alice in Wonderland syndrome uh, was coined due to the symptoms that happen when you have the syndrome and it's distortions of visual perception distortions of body image and distortions of like your experience with time so it's kind of cool that there's, you know, these symptoms that all happen at once and they tie to, or they're called Alice in Wonderland. So I thought that was kind of cool. I don't know why, but I did. So, all right. So that's, that's what I have on Alice in Wonderland. What do you think? What is, what do you think the idea was behind Alice in Wonderland? Do you think Mr. Carroll was on drugs himself? Uh, do you think he was just exploring these darker themes? Um, I've always just chalked it up to an imagination. I personally don't think everything is that crazy, but uh, maybe I'm just weird. But I get like, I don't know, just a very like a mad type of creative, you know? So who knows? Let me know what you believe. Let me know down below what you believe. So the next one. The next theory or conspiracy theory that I wanted to talk about is um, actually taken from a guy named John Negroni and below or in the show notes are is his um, what's called the Pixar theory. He's the one who started the Pixar theory. And this idea is that the Pixar movies are all within the same universe and that they all have a point on the timeline. And so he goes through and he connects everything. He's done the research of everything. So something that like to kind of go along with all of that is um, what's called B&L Corporation or Buy and Large Corporation. That's the company that takes over the government or what remains of the government in Wally. And they kind of like take over, you know, and they're ruling everything. Well, they are also the company that has batteries for Buzz Lightyear. And they're also, their logo is sprinkled throughout other Pixar movies as well. And so that's just one piece of how all of the movies are kind of connected is that in one movie, you know, they're a huge part of the storyline in Wall-E and then in other ways, they're just um, the battery supplier in the background that you wouldn't even notice. So there's also a link where Disney Plus actually did a series for one of the anniversaries of Pixar 
um, yeah, Pixar, I believe. And they did where they pointed out all of the Easter eggs in various um, Pixar movies. And so it's pretty cool. That's also in the show notes. Feel free to watch it. It's like two and a half to three minutes long, very short and cute. But um, yeah, the Pixar theory is that all of the movies have a place in the timeline. They're all connected somehow. It starts out with Brave, I believe, is like the first one in this whole theory. And then it goes all the way through. Um, Very cool. Um, I didn't want to get too much into that because it could literally be a huge deep dive and I don't want to take away from what John Negroni has done. It's incredible. Feel free to go to the link and take a look at it. So moving on, let's move on to some dark facts about Disney. Let's dive into that. So the dark facts about Disney aren't going to be anything too crazy, but it's kind of like I don't know, just like those oddities that you wouldn't think happened, but did happen. Crazy. So, 2003. All right, imagine it's the year 2003. I was in third grade, right? Finding Nemo came out. So, the movie is essentially about leaving fish alone in their environment, keeping them with their families, right? If Nemo had never been taken, then the whole movie wouldn't have ensued. Uh, the dad wouldn't have been crazy and having to go on this crazy adventure. Everyone would have been safe, right? So we're all little kids. We're all learning this. We're like, you know, Nemo should have been left alone. Leave fishies alone. Ironically enough, the year that movie came out, there was a spike in the purchase of clownfish. So parents were going out and buying their kids some clownfish because they wanted a little Nemo. And then to match that same energy in the movie, it depicts that toilets go to, or like storage drains go to the ocean. So kids would then flush the clownfish into the toilets so that they would get to the ocean and be with their families or like send them back to their families. This was a whole mess. And I'm just over here confused as to why parents were not like thinking this through for their kids. Like I get kids having this idea, but then as parents, we step in and we're like, yo, that's not how this works, okay? That's that's not the way it goes. We can't be buying clownfish. We can't, we gotta leave the Nemos with the Nemos. Okay, we should have never picked them up in the first place, but no. So that I feel like is a little dark. That's a little crazy. Poor little clownfish. RIP. The next one is, oh my gosh. So salmonella guys were Tate. I bet you didn't see this coming. Salmonella. So I know we're all familiar with that. You know, like don't eat raw cookie dough. You're going to get salmonella poisoning, um, you know, from raw eggs, chicken, bacteria, whatever. Well, something I wasn't aware of until I did this research is that frogs carry the salmonella virus, bacteria, whatever. They're a huge like carrier of this virus, bacteria. Well, Princess and the Frog comes out, right? Everyone is like, 
Oh my gosh. And by everyone, I mean little girls. Primarily America. That's important. Primarily America. This is where it happened. Little girls are like, oh my gosh, I love this movie. We love Tiana. Honestly, love Tiana too. You go, girl. But little girls were out here kissing frogs, trying to turn them into princes. There was an increase in hospitalizations for little girls in that year of 2010 when that movie came out because they were out here kissing frogs. They were getting salmonella poisoning. That one, I don't know that the parents could have stepped in on that one, okay? I'm gonna be honest. I don't know that the, you know, sometimes kids are just, I have a niece, she puts everything in her mouth so fast. I, I feel like it's it could happen so fast. Like you could, you could kiss a frog so fast. You look away for a minute, I, I could see that one happening. No blame on the parents for that one. Kids are just weird. I, like, that's cute, you know? They really, they were really brave. They were really brave when they did that. You know, they tried kissing a frog. Very brave, because I would never. Mm -mm. If, if my prince had to come in the shape of a frog, I would count me out. Just count me right out. That's a no for me, dog. And these girls were brave in it. Anyways, true story. So this one is actually um, dark. I had no idea about this. This was news to me. So. Snow White, the voice of Snow White, the angel behind the melodies in Snow White. Her name was Adriana Casalotti. 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 Miss Casalotti was paid $20 a day for three years, which totaled out to $16,000 in today's day and age. She made $16,000 over three years to do and be the voice of Snow White. She was not allowed to hear her, like, her takes. Basically, the producers would, like, say, do it again or make this tweak or whatever. She couldn't hear it. They would only hear it. Um, and to top it all off, this is where it gets dark, is Walt Disney didn't even invite Miss Casalotti or the Prince Charming, the voice of the Prince Charming, to the premiere of the movie because he didn't want people to put a face to like the voice of Snow White. He wanted Snow White to just be Snow White. Like he didn't want anyone to associate anyone with Snow White. So he essentially blacklisted this actress because there were radio hosts who asked, hey, can we have Miss Casalotti on our show so that you know, we can interview her. And he said, no, you can't because people are gonna match her voice to Snow White. And so in 1940, Miss Casalotti and the voice of Prince Charming, they went and they filed a lawsuit against Walt Disney because Disney was releasing an album with their voices like singing on the album. So they take this lawsuit to court um, and Disney was able to prove that every time Miss Casalotti and Prince Charming cashed a check, they were signing away their rights to their voice on, like, their rights to the to their voice for that song or whatever. 
So it was dismissed. And as far as we know, she was never paid again. She was never paid royalties ever. She did get a, an award in 1994 in regards to some kind of Snow White like Hall of Fame or something. But she was not able to get any jobs because she believes that Walt Disney like blocked her from producers and directors and like said that she couldn't, you know, she couldn't be the voice. She couldn't work on anything else. So crazy, crazy. But that is just wild. The dark side of Disney. And I know there's quite a bit where Disney was very shady, um, you know, just different corrupt things within the company. They're essentially monopolizing on the media industry, but you know, they know how to make money. They really know how to make money, that's for sure. All right, so let's move on to some weird deaths that have happened at the parks. So I wanna preface this portion by saying that when doing my research for the weird deaths at the park. A lot of um, articles were listing out like all of the deaths that have happened at um, Disneyland and Disney World. And an article made a good point and they were like, those are all deaths that happen on the property, but that's not factoring in which ones had pre-existing conditions. So that's just to say that yes, deaths may happen on the properties but that's you know you're going on a ride if you have a pre-existing condition being on a ride that's very thrill-seeking can sometimes you know trigger those so you have to factor that in like you can't blame the disney parks for something in that instance so these deaths are just kind of weird and crazy a little kooky so I just thought it'd be cool to talk about it. So, in 1973, there's a pair of brothers. There's an older brother and a younger brother. And at this time, Disneyland had a, a ride where there was a ferry that would go to what's called Tom Sawyer's Island. And it would travel from, you know, Tom Sawyer's Island all the way back to Disneyland. And it would kind of go back and forth. Well, the two boys thought it would be such a good idea to sneak off of the boat and stay the night on Tom Sawyer's Island. Well, in the middle of the night, these two boys get bored and they're like, let's sneak into the park. Well, of course, it was after hours, so the ferry wasn't going anymore. So the boys decide that they're going to swim all the way to the edge, like back to the park. Well, let's think about this for a second. If there's a whole ride based around a ferry going from the park to an island, you could imagine that's probably a pretty decent like distance that that ferry is traveling to make it like a whole ride that's happening. Maybe I'm interpreting it wrong, you know, but that's how I'm interpreting it. It's like, that's a pretty decent swim, essentially, that the boys are going to have to take. So for some reason, the youngest brother like wasn't strong enough to make the trip like all on his own so the older brother was like okay get on my back so the younger brother gets on the older brother's back and they're swimming well the older brother gets tired and ends up drowning and passes away like halfway through 
Well, then the younger brother has no choice but to tread water until the morning when he's uh, rescued by the people who opened the park that morning. So a boy had passed away, like, in the middle of the water. And, like, oh, my gosh, that's so crazy. Like, in the 70s, that's wild. Like, could you imagine being that little brother who's, like, having to deal with that trauma of, like, your brother passed away and you also have to stay alive? Like, that's so scary to me. And, like, at the supposed happiest place on earth, like, I wonder if he was ever able to go back. Like, seriously, if he was able, ever able to go back. Because that's, that's just wild. That's so sad. But I know that they've changed it now. Like, I don't, it doesn't dock at, like, an island or anything. I know that the boat, I think, just goes in, like, a circle. And maybe that's what it did before, and the boys just kind of, like, jumped off. I'm not super clear on that, but, yeah. That's crazy. So then, last, the last story of the evening of the podcast, of our first podcast. Again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. This has been fun. I love diving into these and feeling like I'm chatting with friends. So please feel free to leave comments down below. I look forward to talking with anybody who's willing to chat with me. So in 1979, a passenger, a female passenger, goes on Space Mountain, 1979, okay? She goes through the ride of Space Mountain. The ride comes back through. It comes to a stop. She tells the worker, hey, I don't feel good. I can't get up. They're like, no worries. Stay put. We're going to get your car off to the side, and then we'll, you know, get you taken care of. It's unclear if the ambulance was supposed to come, the fire trucks. I'm not sure, but the workers told her, stay put and we'll get your car off to the side. She's like, got it. She's sitting there resting. Well, apparently the workers did not communicate this to the operators of the ride because they still loaded the ride you know, they still loaded. They told everyone, you know, next group of people get in. The operators just sent the ride right on through. And I'm not sure why the workers didn't like stop the ride and were like, hey, 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 like reverse, reverse, you know, I don't know. But the operators just send, send the ride right on through. And it goes, it goes through a second time with the lady who was just not feeling well, who like couldn't even get out of the car. <laughs> like, I don't mean to laugh, but that's like, that's a doozy. Like, that's really sad. So she goes back through a second time, comes out. She's nearly in a coma because she went through this ride a second time. She goes to the hospital. They rush her to the hospital. She ends up passing away a week later. And the family tried suing Disney, but they, Disney was able to prove that the woman was having like these complications from having a tumor. And so she had essentially a pre-existing condition. And that's why she felt like she was going to pass out. And this ride was kind of triggering that symptom, those symptoms and, you know, and everything. So the family didn't win any money. Um, 
but the passenger, yeah, she did pass away a week later. But there's so many more deaths that have happened at Disney. There's some pretty gruesome ones. There's one where, um, I don't remember which park it was, but I know it was 1980s. There was some kind of like ride that would turn in a circle um, at Disney. I believe it was Disney World, but Disney World where it would like, it was a set that like turned in a circle. Well, there was a, a portion where the wall and the ride would smash into each other, right? To like turn in a circle, however it worked out. Well, a cast member had accidentally stepped into the area where the walls met at the wrong time and was smashed and like ground into bits on the ride. And like, oh, so horrific. That happened 1980s, like I mentioned. Um, There's another time where a, a guest um, purposefully like took off his seatbelt as like a joke while he was on the Matterhorn and he flew off of the ride and landed on the track and was then also ground up. It's brutal guys. Like there's some really crazy deaths that have happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ooh, another fun theory. This is off the rails or off t- off on a tangent. Um, another theory, like another like Disney conspiracy theory, is that um, Ariel's mom was killed by Captain Hook. Um, the theory is that in Peter Pan, there's a mermaid that looks similar to Ariel's mom. And in Ariel's beginning, uh, I guess, which is like a prequel to The Little Mermaid, Ariel's mom is killed by pirates. So it's believed that Captain Hook killed Ariel's mom. Um, There's a theory, of course, that Anna and Elsa are cousins with Rapunzel, but I think that's pretty well known. Um, Oh, fun fact. So looking up like dark facts and like conspiracy theories, um, I was like a search that kept popping up was like darkest Disney movie. And that caught my eye because I was like, oh, I wonder what is like the darkest Disney movie. And when I clicked on it, I totally forgot about it. So I just want to pass this on to anyone else who's curious. But it was like the the Hunchback of Notre Dame. And I was like, that's so true. Like that is a really dark movie. Like if you think about it, I'm not giving that movie description out because it's, it's pretty brutal, but like, that is a pretty dark movie. I, I could see that being like the darkest movie that Disney's ever released. Cause like there were all sorts of, whoo wee, all sorts of stuff with that one. But well, thank you so much guys for joining me on today's first podcast, TMAC podcast number one. It has been a joy to talk about all of this stuff and I look forward to feedback. Feel free to share this. Um, Feel free to come back next Wednesday at noon for next week's episode. Um, It's going to be another conspiracy theory. So come on back, take a listen, and it can only get better from here. I wish you guys a good week. Stay positive, good vibes. I'll chat with you later. Bye.